Do you have a sister friend who you can talk to about your imperfections, vulnerabilities, uncensored truths, journeys, and victories? Welcome to The Lounge. Our experiences coupled with scriptural truths continues to mold us and shift our paradigms. The vision is to help us all lead the best lives God proposed for each individual. We hope our stories, our conversations, and that of others allows you to view life from another lens, regardless of your season. Come on in, sisters. Let's talk. Here's a recap of last week's episode. Um, so, um, Ruvimbo, what brought you? So we know you're a lawyer, um, which is, which is, I probably will ask 50 questions about that, but we want to respect your time. What brought you into law and how does that bring you into menstrual rights? Um, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm happy you mentioned that part because there was a menstrual, menstrual, like, menstrual rights and entrepreneurship. Like, how do all of these go together? So I am curious because, yeah. Um, oh, it's an interesting question because sometimes even I wonder myself. But um, I, I went to law school. Oh, my goodness quite a while ago, um, but it was to learn about making a difference. So as you said, I'm from Zimbabwe, I moved to Canada 2007. And when I attended school, it was always about finding ways to learn something new that I could take back home, you know, to kind of help mm-hmm. the women, the girls back home. And so I, the best way to describe it, I kind of just became a lawyer. I just found myself becoming a lawyer. Um, and you mentioned I work for the Canadian Center, which is an absolutely amazing place to work for. But, you know, that stuff that we're doing here and work that we're doing here. So I just I wanted to do something to give back home. I had a couple conversations with friends and, you know, they like one of my friends was like, well, ask what the people need back home in Zimbabwe. Right. And so from having conversations with friends, family and, you know, just women in the community in Zimbabwe, one of the things that kept popping up was access to you know, menstrual products, just, you know, a pad, a tampon, anything that I won't lie, I took for granted at that point. So after realizing just how horrendous it was for people to access products for girls in school, for women, for any menstruator, I I immediately became an advocate. Like, it's like one of those things. It's like, if you don't know, if you're not angry, it's because you don't know what's going on. Mm. So that's how I became an advocate, like an avid menstrual rights advocate um, for women and girls in Zimbabwe. It was just after I found out what was going on. It just, for me, it was the perfect place to start. Just making sure that girls were staying in school. They had the pads they needed when they were attending, you know, classes to make sure that women like myself didn't have to worry about whether or not they could leave the house that day because they had no, you know, products that they could use. So it just, it just flowed (laughs) in a way. It's sometimes the universe just gives things to you, right? You get the answers you need from the people around you. So that's how it happened. Hello, everyone. A happy 
4th of July to those in the United States. And happy Canada Day, July 1st to those who are in Canada. When we complete this conversation with Ruvimbo, the lawyer, the women's advocate, educator, entrepreneur, business-minded, community-minded, community leader. She has a wonderful project going on, amongst other things, the Grace and Nelly Project. If you missed last week's episode, you definitely want to go back and listen to the recording. Um, we started off talking about the Grace and Nelly Project, an overview of what it is and what it entails. Um, and in this episode, we're going to go a bit more uh, in depth as to how things are run, talking about the women who are benefiting and how this project is not only teaching the women, the young girls, or it's not only giving them fish, but it's teaching them how to fish for themselves. So they're training them in form of business training, how to write up a business plan and so on and so forth, as well as how to create these pads, make these pads. Um, so I hope you listen, enjoy, and you can always visit the website. The link is on the description box to know more about the project. We are talking about legacy and this is Ruvimbo's method of living a legacy, empowering each other, empowering women back home as well as her home, away from home, which is Canada. If you have any comments, questions, be sure to post it on our social media page. We always welcome them. And don't forget to subscribe. Thank you. I want to ask, um, just first, let me get a clarification. So basically how the foundation works is um, people can purchase uh, menstrual pads here and that money funds other entrepreneur um, projects back home. Is that it? Or are they making some of the products there as well? Because on the website, there's a lady sewing. So I just wanted to kind of understand if it's both. Because some some projects do both. Some do. They make it there. So for us, we are we're a bit of in a transition period. So what we do is we have pads that are manufactured here and sold here. And one of the reasons is to try and cut down on the carbon footprint of like things being transported from Zimbabwe to here. It was also easier for us to have things manufactured here and sold here. And I should quickly mention that we have our pads manufactured here by an organization called The Cutting Edge. And they hire immigrant and refugee women. They train them how to sew and then they, you know, make products for the company. So it works very well with us. And then back home, the products that we are going to be selling to the women they are manufactured. We've, you know, taught the women how to sew back home and the women who are going to sew our products are in Zimbabwe. And those are the products that are being sold in Zimbabwe. So we provide menstrual pads to girls in school for free. So anyone under the age of 18 gets pads for free. And then if you're over the age of 18, we're selling pads to you at a subsidized price. So it's much lower than the price you would pay for like reusable menstrual pads. Um, 
in a store, but it's still a good quality product. At least that's where we're aiming to go. So we've taught women how to sew. It's been a bit slow going. So we have, you know, the, the women who know how to sew ready to go. It's now getting, finding office space has been, I can't even express to you, but we have our office space. We have, you know, the money to purchase the machinery you know, thanks to wonderful funding um, from the funder who's been funding us this year so we can get that going. So we're keeping the two things separate for now, partly to increase the carbon footprint and to also make sure that thing, I, costs are cheaper on either side, right? Especially in Zimbabwe, you keep it things locally there, you're keeping things local here and we're benefiting both countries, both societies and women in both areas. So if I may ask, um, and you may, you may not uh, be able to answer this in, in its, its entirety, but from a medical perspective, so the pads, I mean, there's so many, when you, you there's so many different pads, so many different ways they make them. How do you uh, ensure that aside from just, because we can have a carbon footprint um, one, but how do you ensure that it's hygienic? Because this is being made, um, I'm assuming from cloth, right? Yes. And how did the, the women um, back home, how did they buy into this? How did they buy into using it or, or even now sewing it? Like having to sew, because they, they, how do they buy into it? Um, so I'll actually ask the last question first, because it's actually the easier question, because the yep. <laughs> yeah, um, I had conversations with the women back home. So that's one of the most important things for us in organization and why, at least in terms of me, why I decided to start the Grace and Ellie project instead of working for a different organization is I wanted to create those open lines of communication. So everything we do as an organization has the women involved. Like we have the women extensively involved in the different programmings that we, different programmings that we do. So in terms of the products, that's one of the first questions I ask them is, what do you want for a product? What are you currently using? Um, and what does your product have to give you? Like, what is the benefit of having this product for you? And so from the conversations we had, one of the issues is the disposable products. You can only purchase so many mm -hmm. uh, in a pack, right? And depending on your flow, depending on your particular period, it might last a pack of 12, might last you one period. It might only, you might need two packets, right? Just right. depends. Um, and in terms of what some of the women were using, because not all the women could afford the disposable products, they were using rags, if they could even get to the rags. I had one woman tell me, you know, I've used tissues before, like I've run into, you know, a bathroom stall somewhere and I found tissues and that's all I could get my hands on. So when it came to talking about the cloth pads, they liked the idea and do like the idea of the fact that there's longevity involved in them. So depending on the number of pads you have and the quality of the reusable pads, you're looking at five years that you're having these pads with you. We normally say about a year um, of the pads that we've been purchasing, at least in Zimbabwe, but you can go up to five years if you have like a good stock of them. Um, so the women love the idea of them. We've had conversations. And one of the things is as you're making the pad, you know what works for you, right? You know how you want the pad to feel. Um, and then in terms of the hygiene portion of it, one of the, I'll first and say, I'll come out and say, I use the pads. So the pads that we make here, I use them. 
and we're relying on organic cotton that is the stuff that's touching your body it's soft and I I, I love how soft it is and I tell everybody I'm like once you use a reusable pad compared to a disposable the texture it makes a difference it makes a difference for me but they're soft, it's organic materials. It's the same products and materials that you use in reusable diapers. I don't know if you've ever seen reusable diapers, but it's the same concept. So- and it doesn't seep through. Sorry? It doesn't seep through. No, it doesn't seep through because yeah. we have um, a layer that is waterproof. So it's not the most planet friendly um, material, but it is a but waterproof um, yeah, layer so that you know, you're protected. and. We love, I don't know if you've seen the product. We have like a great mm. and on it because, you know, I like these. Yeah, different, different colors. <laughs> <laughs> we also call it a conversation starter. But basically it's it's the same as any disposable pad. The only difference is you're washing it, right? So as long as you're making sure that after each use, you are washing it and making sure that it is dry, you're good to go. And I'm super lazy. I use mine. I put them in the washing machine. I put them in dry. I'm done. That's how I live my life. For the women back home, obviously they are washing them and then they're hanging them out to dry. Once it's dry, it's good to go. And for the girls that we donate menstrual pads to, we always try and make sure that we're donating some soap as well. So they have something to wash it with. We're making sure that we're, you know, maintaining that um, level of hygiene as you put it so really it's making sure you're washing it you're drying it properly and we always provide education when we donate the pads so the girls know how to use them right making sure that it's safe to use for them so that's the best I can respond in terms of the hygiene part of it but I I'm a big advocate for usable pads but I'm also an advocate for any product as long as you have access to it and it's good for you that is that is great and i and one other thing i know we're talking about um leaving a legacy and um letting people be um that is one um dream of yours so having people be financially confident and um, building that financial confidence for women um and it's I, I believe it's not just women back home it's women here as well um, you work with children in, I, I don't know if you work with children, but you work in the sense of with children. Um, how, how are you building that financial confidence gap with um, your organization and probably here as well in, in, in for, for women in particular, because that, the thing about educating women about some of this stuff is it, easily passes down to the family, the home, those conversations. Um, I think that's why it's been such a big uh, um, change in our, in our society in the last um, decade or so. So how, how, how will you, how will a listener that is listening to this say, I've, I've not heard about this before? Um, so in terms of the you know, financial well-being of the women back home is we've been actually running um, a project where we've been educating the women over the course of a year. So we've, you know, we so we talked about the women that we've taught to sew. So that was a very small cohort of women that were going to be basically, you know, we train them and then we hire some of them to work with us. Again, giving them a job, giving them um, a skill set that they don't only have to use with us, but can use anywhere else, right? Um, and then there's the other part of our project where 
we've been, we started with financial literacy. That's the very first thing we did. We had a two-day workshop on financial literacy. And what we've been doing since then is working on those skills. So then we have financial literacy. Then we had how to start and run a business. Then we had how to market your business. Then we had how to write a business plan. And at the end of that, we had um, the women supply business plans to us. I received over 140 applications <laughs> from the different women that attended our training. And from there, we selected some women that we provided money to. So we provided small grants of 150 US dollars, um, 250 US dollars and 500 US dollars to that cohort of women. And, yeah, and we're still working with those women, right? So we don't stop. So that's how we are in terms of the, the financial aspect. We're trying to build them up. We're trying to get them to a place where they're able to stand on their own two feet. And so the knowledge, I remember one of some of the feedback we got after the financial literacy course is like, okay, so I did not know I was wasting money or I did not know that I should be saving my money, you know? And for some people, I'm like, oh, yeah, that's common sense. But if you've never had someone teach it to you or somebody sit down and have that conversation with you. So that's how we're trying to make sure that even after we're gone, which I tell everybody is like, I want Grace and Nelly to stop existing. I know I've done my job. I know we've done our job when we're not needed anymore. And so we're going to get the women to a place where they can do it all without us, right? That's that's that financial literacy portion. In terms of what we do here, so as I said, like we try and make sure that our fundraisers are educating people and they're providing something to the community. We actually did the first ever Africa Day Festival here in Winnipeg in 2018, at least for Winnipeg. And the idea was to bring community members together. So mostly people of African descent who are like myself, immigrants to Canada, and bolster up their businesses and have conversations about, okay, what's working for you? What's not working for you? How can we work together? Um, and we'll be doing that again. So because, you know, 29 pandemic kind of hit, I said 2018 it was 2019, not 2018, sorry. But then the pandemic hit, which kind of slowed things down. But this year in July, our fundraiser, we're going to have what we call fashion for a cause. We have grandmas that as our models. They can be very racy. Oh, yes, <laughs> They're so amazing. They, they have nothing to lose. <laughs> nothing. They, I, I saw women whipping off their, you know, like their um, head. It was hilarious. I cannot wait for it to happen again. But as part of that, <laughs> let's see, we're going to have vendors. And again, we're trying to get those immigrant vendors to get organizations such as ourselves, not-for-profits, to come and be vendors, to come and talk about what they're doing in the community. And when you talk about financial literacy, to try and get different people within our community. So people who talk about mental health, you know, people who talk about financial literacy, because we want to build up the community here, you know, all of Winnipeg, but including that immigrant population, because for us, the way we see it as an organization, I'm here in Canada. A lot of us are here in Canada, but our roots are back home. So if we bolster ourselves up here, there's a better opportunity of bolstering the people back home in Zimbabwe or wherever you're from. If you're from Kenya, Nigeria, whatever. And our board is comprised of people from all over. So they're like, yes, you know, we need to get into those other countries too. Um, so that's how we're working here to bolster up that financial independence and that financial literacy is to try and tap into the community that's here find what the needs are, where we can help. We can't help financially because our work is in Zim, 
But when we have those fundraisers, when we have those events, how are we benefiting the community here, right? And we, we're working on making sure the event is free. So we're going to get our money from, you know, another route, um, but to have the, the vendor portion free for everybody. And so that's how we, you know, bolster that up. So trying, trying, <laughs> trying, trying, oh, trying. You're, you're no, doing you're doing really good. You're doing really good. And that is... I love the fact that um, it's not just it's not just here in Winnipeg or in Winnipeg that you're doing everything, or it's not just in Zim that you're doing everything. It's both ways, and I think that sometimes how some of us lose that drive because we're like, oh, everything is going back home, everything is going back home, and we forget that we here. We still need to build the communities that we we are currently present in. Um, because I think that reduces the burnout or reduces the the um, the stigma of people saying, oh, well, everything goes back home, but we here just, it's just the giving part that we don't benefit from it. Um, so I I like that that model. Um, as we um, wrap up this conversation, um, um, Rimbo, what is one way that, our listeners listening to you right now is able to to add to this passion of of um empowering our women um making sure they they grow in this vision that you have of women being able to stand on their own and and support their families, support their own communities, um, wherever they find themselves, because that is a that is a, a a passion of ours as well. That is a vision that we have. That this podcast be a place where we talk about the things that people struggle with. They don't even know where to start asking those questions. They don't know the first step to take in in making themselves feel fulfilled in what they feel like they should be doing. Um, so where how can we uh, um, support Grace and Ellie. Uh, where can our listeners support Grace and Ellie? Because this is phenomenal work. And um, how can somebody that is just thinking about, man, I need to get my financial uh, 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 <laughs> financial stuff in place. How how will you talk to them? Um, so in terms of Grace and Ellie, visit our website, graceandellie.org. Like we have a lot of information. You can reach out to me um, through the website, like I'll contact us form. I read all the emails that come in, um, myself and the rest of the team. So reach out to us if you have any questions. And I'm one of the things is I've had a lot of help in starting Grace and Ellie, I'm always willing to pass it on, to pass it forward. So contact me, ask any questions you have um, by our pad. So again, if you go to graceandellie.org, you can link to our Shopify website and you can purchase some pads. Or if you have questions about the pads, again, more than willing to answer questions. Um, in terms of what you can do in your local community, one thing I always say, you know, a lot of shelters are out there and they need products. So when you're, you know, donating that can of beans or whatever it is, don't forget to maybe pick up a pack of pads, um, tampons, whatever is accessible to you. Um, donate that because it's definitely going to be put to good use. You know, um, to just to kind of buttress your point 
uh, we all assume, a lot of people will assume that so many are financially literate, but actually the stat is, and the statistics is, is for North America is over 60% of women, mainly because we're multitaskers, we do everything and anything, are not really financial literate and don't know a whole lot about maybe something as simple, simple as how you go about saving. Uh, so I think um, just some of the things that the education that you do and other projects do is really important. Can you imagine just if it's North America, then when you think about back home, I mean, we've been talking about this on the show, how our parents or our grandparents, what did we even talk about savings? If you weren't in a family that they did accounting, you know, if you were in a science background, like I didn't, uh, we didn't, we talked a little bit, but nothing much. Um, and then the other thing is, it's a story. I think it's just to encompass what you just said and to just uh, bring it back to that empowerment. Because you mentioned empowerment, we're talking about empowerment and just how important it is. Um, when I was, so my my mom wasn't, wasn't around. She was, uh, I think she was away working. Um, she was out of the country working a, a lot. So she wasn't around. So I was like the, I ended up getting me called the missus of the house because I would be doing all the <laughs> cooking and all the stuff. So, I mean, naturally my dad, this kind of conversations, we didn't have these kind of conversations and my period came. It was early. I had no flipping clue <laughs> what this was. So this is back home. This is not here. I didn't grow up here. And it's not that we couldn't afford pads. We could definitely afford all these pads, but I had no clue. And the only person that was in the house, in fact, they walked in me in the bathroom and like, Lucia, what's happening? I'm like, I don't know, blood, more blood, more blood. And, and then she clued in, she said, oh yeah. And this lady was someone that was helping in the house. And what all she knew is what she taught me. And well, I mean, that changed within that day because, <laughs> because then they took me to my dad and then we ended up getting pads. But what she knew and what she used was just a bunch of rags because she used to sew. So it was just what was left over. She would just clump together and then use it and then dispose of it, get more. So she will collect them in bags and then use it. So, I mean, I'm just saying what, if there was a Grace and Nelly project back then, or maybe <laughs> someone else wants to start a Grace and Nelly project, but this is just a way of, um, it might not be pads, it might be other things, right? This is just mm -hmm. empowering people because we all assume uh, think certain things are, are what it is everyone knows but it's not always the case it's not always the case so I like what you said and I just wanted to finally say that the part where you said um, you fund uh, small businesses so you help provide grants to them but then you teach them that if we don't provide those grants you should be able or you can search elsewhere. I think that in itself is what empowerment is um, versus just uh, 
you're only looking at one source, but you have to look at different sources. So I, I really just liked, uh, I, I just liked that. And I think we should apply it all, all, all around. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much, Rovimbo. If you want to give a last word to our listeners and say, if you don't do anything, do this one thing, <laughs> what would that be? Um, very true to myself, menstrual rights are human rights. Go talk about periods with somebody today, anybody and anything about it. That's that's my last word. I know it might sound a little off topic, but that's back to my point. Conversations, so important. Go talk about it. It doesn't matter if you feel a little uncomfortable, if you think the other person will be a little uncomfortable, talk about it. Because the only way we'll solve these problems is talking about them. Anytime, talk about them. That's it. Thank you. I know my daughter feels like it's weird when I talk about is it with her, but she ends up talking my daughter no I might not think I'll go talk to my employer that I might have to think about that Uh, but because who knows you know maybe we could have a day day off menstrual day day yeah yes um May 28th is coming up is oh is it international um I call it international menstrual rights day it's actually menstrual hygiene management day but we call it menstrual rights day I never knew. Learned something new today. That's good. We might have to t- make May twentieth a holiday someday, somewhere. You can back it up medically because some people have what we call dysmenorrhea, and it's significant. They can't get out of bed, right? So that's right. That is very true. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you. Thank, thank you, you so much. much. I think yeah, we, we might have to call you to write all those those um the legal terms to us. I know because we're about to get into legal legalities here. <laughs> we might need a lawyer, so now we know where to go. So thank you, Bimbo. I guess you didn't know that was gonna happen on the show. So you were gonna have a client or two. <laughs> thank you for having me, ladies. This was fun. Yeah. Thank, Thank you, you so much. much. Uh, well, we'll pray that all that you put your hands to do prospers and um, this project goes bigger and more people benefit from um, what you guys are doing and other countries are reaching out to you to say, how can I start this where I am or how can I start this in my own place and um, funding Funding just come from everywhere because people then um, recognize the, the the quality of life that we bring to ourselves even by just helping somebody else. Um, yeah. So I pray success on all that you do. And we will definitely have all the links to um, to the Grace and Nelly project and, the um, and the website, yes. And share this share the podcast with everyone and every anyone because this is what we're talking about empowering our women empowering our girls empowering our our society to not just think about wealth as something that is all the way far away from us we can we can have it too we have what it takes to have it so thank you
Well, have a good rest of your weekend. And thank you for spending your Saturday morning with us. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. That's likewise. Good. Likewise. <laughs> fun. Thank you. I love talking about this, as you can see. Yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes, we know. And that's what we want. We want people that are passionate about what they do and can and can talk about it all day. So, yes, we do want those people. And um, we those are the conversations we like having on the show. Um people that are passionate about the things that they do and just get other people to want to that thing that has been in there just just start doing it just mm-hmm. just start asking the questions just start making it normal to to look weird and ask the questions I'm on that journey as well it's it's I, I'm not I I'd rather try to find it all by myself and get it all the eggs together before I if I do anything but we're learning every day, especially here on the show. Like, just do it. Reminder, you have what it takes. You just have to see it. Be a student. Only you can do what you're created to do. Visit our website, www.sistersletstalk.com. That is www.sistasletstalk.com. Ask a question, leave a comment, or let us know how you're holding up. Subscribe to Sisters Let's Talk wherever you listen to podcasts. We want you to be the first to know when another episode is ready. One tiny favor, sis. Let's invite all the sisters to the lounge.